0: Buckle up, everyone. You are strapped in and ready for the Insurance Hour with me, your host, Carl Sussman, the resource to help you navigate the world of insurance. There is a lot of misunderstanding about what insurance is and what insurance isn't. Let me help you demystify insurance and have some fun while we're at it. Informing, educating, and entertaining Californians one policy at a time. This is Insurance Hour. Hello, hello, this is Carl Sussman, your host of the Insurance Hour. How are you today? I'm doing great, thanks for not asking. I'm here every week live, and you can reach me at uh, 559-656-0317 or questions at insurancehour.com. If you don't catch me live, then just send your question in or call that phone number, and I will happily jump on later and answer your question for you. We're here to talk about all things insurance, I know it's a crazy, exciting topic that you just can't get enough of. The truth of the matter is these days, especially, you really do need to have more of an idea of how insurance works, how companies are working, how their underwriting processes work, how the claims process works, how the sales process works, how to shop. I mean, there's so much to talk about, truly, that there's enough to have a radio program. Surprise, here it is. So today, what we're going to talk about is what you would be looking to have showing up on your homeowner's insurance declaration sheet, otherwise known as your deck sheet or your deck page. Now, this is an interesting one. We 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 talked about auto insurance and deck sheets last week, and lots of really good lots of good questions and lots of good responses uh, as well. So I appreciate that. So I thought, you know what, we had such a good response from auto. Why don't we talk about property? Right. So. Understand that property insurance, when I use that sort of general term today, I'm going to be referring to homeowners insurance, right? Which is a single family structure for the most part. Uh, it could also be property insurance also encompasses things such as condominium owners policies and even renters policies. Now, renters or policies are slightly different in so far as there'll be coverages that you just wouldn't have on that. And similar types of coverage on a homeowner's policy, you won't necessarily see on a condo or if you do it as a slightly different name. So your mileage may vary. Today, we're going to highlight homeowner's insurance. Now, if you're in California, then you've probably noticed crazy things going on in the homeowner's insurance market, putting it, you know, gently. And that's the breaks of the game. I mean, things are going to get better. We've talked about that in some earlier shows you can check out. Um, And I would say sooner than later but today I want to highlight again things that you should be looking for on your homeowners declaration sheet okay so we'll we'll just sort of get started now your homeowners declaration sheet again is what makes your actual homeowner's insurance policy different than my homeowners insurance policy right the actual policy itself the policy it's the same for everybody for the most part what makes it unique to you is the deck sheet the declaration sheet it's this piece of paper PDF that goes on top of the actual policy itself. So what do we see on that sheet of paper? Here, let's go through the list. The first thing you would expect to see on the declaration page for homeowners policy is the policy number, right? There has to be some way to identify your policy as actually being, oh yeah, this is the policy that we're talking about, right? Another thing you'll see is the policy period, which is when does the policy begin? When does the policy end? It will typically be given in a bracket, right? This date through this date. And if it doesn't say so, it's usually implied to be 12.01 a.m., 12.01 a.m., right? Just as the day begins. You're also going to have a list of what's called the named insured or the insureds, meaning who is covered under this policy. Now, there are named insureds. There are additional insureds. There are additional interested parties. These are things we can talk about in more detail in another show. However, for the sake of today, we're going to just call them insureds. And we would hope that your name would be listed under the insureds part, right? You are the person that is insured under this particular policy. What else would you see? Well, we're going to have to list the property address. What is the address that this insurance policy is covering? So this will usually be the complete physical address of the property that's being insured by this particular policy. Sometimes next to it, it might say mailing address, right? Some people use a P.O. box or they have their bills going to the office. Who knows what it might be, but you want to look on there and be sure that the location address, sometimes it's called the premises address or the insured location, something to that effect does list the property location that you believe it does. Now, every once in a while, you'll run into a situation where you're on a corner and some of your mail comes to an address on one side uh, with that street name and some on the other. As bizarre as that sounds, I've actually seen that more times than, 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 you, than I can imagine. It actually happens. Sometimes homes are combined, right? They buy up the, the lot next to them and they build a house, and now they've got two addresses and they're getting email mail it two addresses. My advice to you, if you're having something like that happen, is tell the insurance agent or broker to list both addresses. It's the same property, Shouldn't cost anything else. Just make it simple, right? Because you don't want to have a problem where if there's ever a claim, there's any question about what location you're talking about. You you want to be sure that it's crystal clear you are talking about this place, right? So just a little, little hint. Just let the insurance agent or broker know. Have them listed on there. They can have the address listed. It could also say, you know, also known as, aka, um, it could be in the policy notes. Just somewhere somewhere. If you have more than one address, be sure that you have that listed on there as well. Okay. Now, the declaration sheet will also have the name of the insurance company. That makes sense, right? And it will also have coverages. And we're going to go through what each of those coverages are that you would be looking for typically in a California homeowner's insurance policy. In addition, you're going to see limits assigned to those coverages, right? It's not for the most part where you just have this coverage. No. You're going to have this coverage with this particular limit. So you're going to have that broken down and we'll go over what that looks like. You're going to also have a deductible. Now we did a specific short, I'll put a link to it uh, right here, that talks about uh, what um, what a deductible is. And I'll give you the short version. A deductible is the amount of money that you would be responsible for in the event of a loss before the insurance company would begin paying. It's, it's your share, I suppose, you could look at it that way, of the loss. And typically, the lower the premium you pay, the higher the deductible, the deductible will be and vice versa. So if you're looking to save money, you go with a higher deductible, which makes sense because now all of a sudden, you're responsible for more money, therefore the premium goes down, vice versa, right? Another thing to look for on your deck sheet are discounts and surcharges. And some you might recognize, some you might not, but keep an eye on that. Sometimes you might have a discount and then it was there one year and the next year it's gone. It might be a new home discount. It might be a good student discount, a non-smoker discount, things like that. Keep an eye on that spot to be sure. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about specific coverages that you can look for and see on a homeowner's insurance declaration sheet right after this. (laughs)
1: California's insurance market can be challenging, but Sussman Insurance Agency knows the way. Trusted for two generations in home, auto, and personal insurance, call 877-411-5200 or visit SussmanInsurance.com. Navigate with confidence.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about different things that you would see on your homeowner's insurance declaration page. And now we're going to talk more specifically about coverages, right? What are the actual things that are being protected against on your homeowner's insurance declaration page? Now, the first thing, I say the most important, there really is no most important. The, The first thing you should look for, and it's usually going to be listed first, is what's called the dwelling coverage, right? Sometimes called structure Most of the time, you see it called dwelling. Now, what does that mean? That is going to have, it's going to say dwelling, and then it's going to have a dollar amount. This is really important now. So, pay attention. The dwelling amount is the amount of insurance you have to protect, the amount of insurance protection you have in the event of a loss to replace, rebuild, depending on the terms of the policy, the structure, the actual house. Just the house, okay? Now, there are certain provisions that are available that can sort of tweak that coverage. So let's just pretend we're looking at a dwelling coverage for the sake of all of our discussions of $500,000 and the house burns to the ground. You would be looking to collect from the insurance company or you could look at it as the insurance company would spend $500,000 to rebuild the house, the structure. Now, that's true and it's not because here's the problem. When you're rebuilding a house, that dwelling amount has other costs that have to be accounted for. Things like architecture fees, fees for getting permits from the city. Now, none of those things have anything to do with the dwelling. However, when a claim is being settled, when an insurance company is looking to pay out from a loss, they're going to be looking for taking coverage dollars out of the dwelling amount for those other things. So pay attention and be sure that your dwelling coverage is sufficient. Another thing to pay attention for is there are some policies that will pay you higher than the dwelling amount in the event of a, of a loss. Now you're saying, okay, Carl, hello, you just got through telling me if the dwelling says 500000 they get 500000 and now you're telling me they might be able to get more? Yeah. Well, you know, that's how it works sometimes. <laughs> Here's how that is. There are policies that will offer you an endorsement, which is just a fancy word for a change to a policy and give you, give you, for a premium, of course, they're going to give you additional coverage. Sometimes they'll say, okay, we'll pay 25% above the dwelling amount in the event you need it. So $500,000 and 25% on top of that. Some policies will pay an extra 50% on top of that. So $500,000. Plus fifty percent. That's the maximum that they would pay. You know, seven hundred fifty thousand for that particular loss. Now you might be asking, uh, why? If that's the case, then won't I? Shouldn't I just get that endorsement and insure the property for less? And the answer is no. Those provisions are there specifically. Well, not even specifically. They're there as a cushion. They're there as an. Oh my God, it's costing more than I expected. And I'll give you a great example. If there's a loss. Let's just say it's just your house. It's going to cost X number of dollars to rebuild your home, right? Now, let's change a little bit. Let's say it's your whole street. Let's say it's several streets. Let's say it's a ton of homes in the area that has a loss, a major loss. There's a, there's a catastrophe, right? It could be a storm. It could be a fire, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of homes that need to be rebuilt. What do you think happens to the cost to rebuild those homes? Price goes up, goes way up. Lots of reasons. I know people are thinking greed. No, I mean, there might be some of that in there as well. But let's face it. There are only so many contractors out there. There are only so many skilled people that can do the work that needs to be done to rebuild your house available. And if everybody wants them then the price to get them is going to be higher. So these additional replacement cost endorsements that we're talking about are there in the event your loss happens and you've just missed the mark when you've come up with the replacement cost for your dwelling. Not because of anything you did wrong, but who could know that it wasn't going to just be your house. It was going to be many houses and the cost that would be anticipated would be so far off. That's what that those endorsements are there for. They are not there for you to under your house. They're there for you to have an additional cushion in the event there's some type of a loss where the estimation of what you were expecting it to cost is simply insufficient to rebuild your property. Little history lesson. Back in the day, uh, this is in the uh, early 90s, uh, there was an endorsement where instead of 10% above, 25% above, 50% above, they had something called guaranteed replacement cost, right? And that meant we don't care if you insured for $500,000 and it turns out that it's costs a million, million and a half, doesn't matter. We're going to replace it. So what do you think ends up happening when you've got an environment like that? So person goes to an insurance broker, gets a quote and says, insure me for half a million dollars and they get the policy and they pay a premium and they say, "Hmm." they go to another broker and they say, I want to get a policy for $400,000. And the broker says, well, I mean, that's lower than we think it's going to cost to rebuild. The client says, it's okay. I don't care. I'll sign whatever you want. I think it's enough. And who cares? I've got guaranteed replacement cost. So they end up buying that policy. And a little while, you know what? I might be able to save some, some more money, right? Goes to another broker and says, I think $350 is enough for my house. Same conversation, same situation. What do you think happens over time, over a period of time? And this is what happened. Everyone's amount of insurance was dropping because they had this unlimited safety net. It didn't matter what they were insured for because policies all had this guaranteed replacement cost provision. So, what do you think happens when everybody is to some extent underinsuring? Well, first of all, the actuaries, the people that are coming up with premiums versus coverage, can't quite figure out why claims are not matching what they're predicting because they're not getting premium sufficient for replacing these structures. So there was a little bit of a shake up uh, and there were some estimators that were coming out and changing to try and get people to understand that, no, we need to insure the house properly. And if it turns out that you want to go and add on to it later, that's fine. Then we had the the, the earthquake in 1994. And what happened was the industry shook. Oh, I couldn't help it. All right, I couldn't help the pun. All right, the industry shook. And What they found was everybody was horrifically underinsured, and on top of it, like we talked about earlier, it was during a catastrophic event, so the costs to rebuild were even higher. So all of a sudden, you have a situation where all—I say all—and you know, I'm, I'm being, I'm speaking in general terms—all of these policies are insured for less than they should be and we're in a situation where things are costing significantly more than they normally would anyway can you guess what the insurance carriers response was after after they paid all those claims and what they did i'll tell you as soon as we come back and then we'll also get into a few other lines of insurance that you could be looking for and coverage types you'll get on a homeowners insurance policy <laughs>
1: Facing the maze of California's insurance market? Let Sussman Insurance Agency be your ally. Expertise in all personal insurance needs for over two generations. Call 877-411-5200 or visit SussmanInsurance.com. Together, we can do this.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Carl. And this is Insurance Hour. I am your host, in case you forgot. I am still here, still your host, looking for your questions and comments. You can reach me at 559-656-0317 or, of course, questions at insurancehour.com. Right before the break, we were talking about what happens when you have lots of properties, grossly underinsured, and you have a, a catastrophic event. Well, the insurance carriers settled their claims, right? They paid whatever they had to pay because that was those were the provisions of the policy. They had homes insured for a half a million and they'd pay a million five. They had homes insured for a million and that they'd pay two and three million for that were Those were the provisions in response. After this happened, the industry said, we're done. No more guaranteed replacement cost. And I say the industry, not like they all sit around, you know, you know, playing with their mustache saying, Oh, what can we do next? Each carrier started doing this independently, and it was a trend that obviously made sense. They, they, again, collectively, started to remove that provision that said, it's guaranteed no matter how much you pay, no matter how much it costs to rebuild. That guaranteed replacement cost option was eliminated. Then what were you left with? Just like I said earlier, we were left with, you have coverage for X dollars, we have coverage for what is listed on the dwelling, and that is it. Things remained that way for a number of years. Things started to settle down a little bit. And then good old competition came back and you had one insurance company say, hmm, I'm going to try and get some more business. We're going to offer people the ability to get 10% above dwelling. we'll, we'll, We'll do that. And then the competition started, that started taking some of the business away from the general flow, right? People would say, hey, let's go to that company. It's got a better policy, right? We've got a cushion. These other policies don't. So what did the rest of the companies do? They came back and did the same thing. Then another company said, you know what? That worked well. Why don't we offer 25% above the dwelling amount? Sure. Let's see what happens. Guess what? The rest of the industry followed as well. So the pendulum swung back. It went from being at a time when you could have as much coverage as you need, guaranteed, to having just what is listed and then the pendulum started to swing back because you know competition will do that. When you've got lots of companies trying to get business, they will have to tussle a little bit sometimes in order to, to you get the customers that they want. And now we're in a situation where you, you can see anywhere between 150% replacement cost, which is the dwelling plus 50. You used to see 200% somewhere, they'd pay two times the dwelling. Pretty tough to find that these days, if at all. The usual is somewhere around to 25% above the dwelling amount, 25 to 50%. Now, never assume that you have this because you're hearing me say it. These are options that you need to discuss and be sure you have. Or if you don't, find out why you don't and see what it costs to potentially add it on there. Because again, I, I took this continuing education course many, many years ago. I'll never forget it. This older gentleman was teaching it. And he had that, you know, 40 year smokers cough going really, really a raspy voice. And he said, you know, let me tell you something. I don't care how much insurance you write. I don't care how much coverage you put in place. When there's a loss, there's never enough coverage. And it sort of stuck with me because it's kind of turns out to be the case. Uh, it's, it's, it's really tough. Because you're trying to predict the future. And again, there are so many elements that we can't always predict for, right? One being, like I said, is it just your house or many houses? Is there a labor shortage? Look what happened during the pandemic. The cost of getting things skyrocketed. Not only that, people couldn't get their work done because they couldn't get the supplies. So a provision in the policy that will pay for you to relocate while they're doing repairs on your home that amount of coverage was getting sucked up big time. So there's always a cause and effect, right? There's always a reason why we're paying a particular premium for a particular type of coverage. And if there's one thing I can tell you about the insurance industry in general, they are brilliant when it comes to being able to take big data and figure out and predict. The more over the longer period of time that they can gather this data, the better. They can take predictive models right now, and they're unbelievably sophisticated. Sometimes you're going to think, well, I understand there hasn't been, let's say a fire in my area for, you know, 50 years, for 100 years, forever. However, the predictive models looking at weather patterns, it's looking at where you are, how wide is the street? Can a fire truck get to your street? How far are you from a fire hydrant types of roof construction, all this stuff. And the insurance carriers are more able to predict Loss in a much more sophisticated way than they could even five or ten years ago. So, on that note, I want to I want to go over one other element on a homeowner's insurance coverage line. Uh, we call them lines. Like, what line of coverage do you have? And we'll go over that right after this. <laughs>
1: In a tough California insurance market, you need expert guidance. Trust Sussman Insurance Agency with a legacy of understanding complex coverage needs. Call 877-411-5200 or visit SussmanInsurance.com. Treating clients like family for two generations.
0: Welcome back. Carl Sussman, your host with the most insurance hour. Thanks again for being here and listening and learning and following up on what you need to know about educate, what you need to know about insurance to educate yourself these days. Before the break, I told you we were going to go over one other element, one other line of insurance that you should be expecting to see on your homeowners insurance declaration sheet. And that is personal property. That's your stuff, right? When you buy a house, everything inside, for the most part. We're not going to talk about what's attached like chandeliers and things like that. So for the most part, when you buy a house, the stuff on the inside is the other owner's stuff. When they leave and it gets boxed up, it's gone. That's personal property. The stuff that the big moving truck brings to your house, to your new house and unloads and brings in, that's your personal property. Another way to differentiate the dwelling from personal property is if you rip the roof off. I know, great image and shake. <laughs> if it falls out, it's personal property. That's your stuff. That is the. Th- those are the items that are not part of the dwelling. And there, there's a little bit of a gray area because certain things might be attached to the structure and still fall under personal property. So again, it's not a hard and fast rule. However, in the majority of times, if you're looking to say, okay, how much coverage do I need for personal property? then the way to do that, again, I can't help it. The best way to do it, in my mind, is you rip the roof off and you shake. If it falls out, it's personal property. It's your furniture, it's your clothes, your TV, your laptops, you know, whatever else. What do we have in homes? Every All of your stuff. I think George Carlin did a great piece on stuff. If you haven't seen it, uh, the, the, the good old George Carlin, I suggest you to do a Google search for um, George Carlin stuff. And I'm sure you'll find his act on that because it was was brilliant. So we talked about dwelling coverage, which is the structure. And we talked about personal property, which is your stuff. Those are the things that you, those are the two first things to be aware of when you're looking at a homeowner's insurance declaration page for yourself. We also talked about how you would be looking for things like the policy number, the insurance company name, the effective days, things like that. Those are all items that you'd want to be sure uh, are there and you want to be sure that you're clear on what those numbers actually represent, right? Because if you just see something that says dwelling and you're like, I don't know, what what is that specific? Is that the garage too? Well, it depends. Is it attached? Is it detached to the house? There are all these other factors. What's important is that you understand the difference and you're in a position where if you don't know or you're not sure and you need help, you can reach out to your agent or broker and ask the right questions and educate yourself with the right answers. Let's move on. So we talked about dwelling and we talked about personal property. What else? Well, I mentioned garages. So let's talk about that. Another line you're going to see on your homeowner's insurance deck sheet is a line that says other structure coverage. It's such a horrible way of putting it. Other structure. What does that mean? If they were being consistent, you would think it would say other dwelling. But no, it's called other structure. And it sounds like what those words are. Let's talk about a detached garage, right? Other structure that would be listed there. So you would see other coverage and you would have an amount there and that's how much they will pay for the other structure or structures that might be at your property location. Incidentally, don't forget personal property that also has a number next to it as well. And that's a harder one for people to figure out how much stuff, how much does it cost to rebuild, to, to, to repurchase all my stuff? Who knows? And I always give them this way of thinking about it. I'll say, well, if all of a sudden you and I are sitting here in this room and I told you everything you own is gone, here's a checkbook, go buy everything that you've lost. How much money do you need me to put in that checking account for you to be able to buy back all your stuff? That's a rough way of trying to determine how much you should be looking at in personal property, right? When you're looking at your declaration page. Remember, these are numbers that mean something. And you need to understand what they mean so you can, again, adjust them or at least know what risks you're taking by not adjusting them. If they're high enough, who knows? Low enough? If you're paying too much? These are what these numbers represent. So we're talking about other structure and other structure also doesn't necessarily have to be a structure, which again, right? Come on, Carl. Every time you say something, you contradict yourself. Guess what else falls under other structure? Your pool in-ground pool mind you i'm not talking about the above ground you know blow it up for the summer but the actual permanently installed in the ground pool or spa that sort of thing that would also be covered under other structure now this one is missed a lot people just assume well i have a house i have a pool i have coverage it doesn't work that way you actually have to have other structure coverage sufficient to be able to in essence cover that loss to the pool in the event that there is one. Now, other structure is usually automatically listed on the policy as a percentage of the dwelling. What does that mean? That means if we have a $100,000 dwelling, let's say, then typically you'll see other structure listed at $10,000 or maybe $20,000. Usually it's 10 or 20% of what the dwelling is. Again, your mileage may vary. It it varies by insurance companies. Some offer none. Uh, In general, I think when you look and see other structure, you won't see zero. If you do, quick, got to make a change. I mean, we're also talking about your driveway here. Again, not a structure. However, typically that would be covered under other structure. So there's really no such thing as having zero other structure. So pay attention so you know what that is and try and be sure that you have enough coverage there, depending on what you have. Now, it also could cover a true other structure. Yes, a garage is a true other structure. You might have a guest house. If you have a guest house, you could have coverage under other structure for that. So, your other structure coverage could be pretty darn high. Footnote, if you've got a guest house and you're renting it out, things change. So, again, just as a side note, keep in mind that having another structure on the property And using it for a rental purpose changes everything. Talk to a professional, talk to a broker. I just, I got to get that out there. The minute I say other structure and I think about it as anything other than a garage or a guest house that you have one of your parents stay in when they come by. Uh, If you're thinking about, I think about somebody renting it or doing Airbnb or whatever the case might be, I go, whoa, so many things change in the policy. So many things have to be, um, you need to let the insurance agent know about so that they can Be sure you have coverage for or let you know you don't have coverage. And typically, if you don't have coverage, it could void the entire policy. So again, you don't want to play games with that. If you are renting or anything like that, uh, parts of your house, even a room in your house or your guest house, whatever it might be, let the insurance company know so you can get the right coverage. Okay. I think we've beaten other structure to death at this point, but that's an important one and you need to look at it. So we have dwelling. We have other structure. We have personal property. Now, I alluded to a fourth one earlier. I talked about when there's a a catastrophic loss, there's a provision in the policy that pays for you to move out during the time that the home is being constructed, is being repaired or, or rebuilt. Now, that coverage is called additional living expense or loss of use. Again, I think that's just a horrible name. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, I get it. And I've been hearing that and knowing what it means it feels like my whole life. It just, I feel like there could have been an easier way of, a better way of calling it something. I don't know. That's what you should be looking for. Loss of use, additional living expense, um, something along those lines. And there's going to be a number there, right? All of these, remember, are going to have a number next to them. If there's no number next to them, either means that you don't have that coverage or uh, somewhere else in the policy, it's going to tell you how much that particular line item is going to be for, but typically you'll see a number by it. Now, additional living expense, I'm just going to call it that, is a dollar amount or another exception. You will find some carriers that will say actual loss sustained. Uh Uh-oh, this sounds a little bit like that guaranteed replacement cost heartache we had before. So yes, actual loss sustained, even though it doesn't always say so, We'll have a limit on it anyway. Whoa. Okay, Carl, you're telling me that it has actual loss, but we're going to put a limit on what that loss could be. How, what, kind of, what kind of Hogwarts magic is that? What happens is with, when, you, when you have a policy that says actual loss, somewhere in the policy, I can almost promise you, it will say up to 12 months, up to 24 months, or under additional living expenses, it might just say... 24 months, and then you would also take that to mean, okay, there's no dollar amount, but they'll pay for, they'll pay for 24 months, and you're saying, okay, pay for what? They're going to pay what is reasonable, usual, and customary for you to be in a place that is similar to the place you were in, all right? Awfully vague, and it's probably meant to be awfully vague because everyone's house is so different, right? If you're living in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom house then they would look for you to have a place similar to that for you to be able to live in while they're doing repairs on your house. If you have a mansion, a mega mansion, a McMansion, whatever, uh, whatever term you want to use, and you're used to having, you know, four or five, six bathrooms in your house, blah, 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 and you've got all these people living there, you've got the Brady Bunch family, all these kids and and and, and the dog and the housekeeper and all that then obviously you're going to need more money to get a larger place to temporarily be while they're doing repairs on your property, which again, totally makes sense. So additional living expense or loss of use is going to have either a dollar amount or it's going to have something along those lines of a period of time or both. Okay. This is a big one. This is a big one these days, especially because things are costing so much money and because believe it or not, even today, it is still harder to get parts and lumber and labor than it was pre-pandemic. I know it seems ridiculous that I'm actually saying that now. I'm only saying it because this is what I'm seeing happening during claims still. And believe me, if you think you want to get your house repaired so you can move back in like right now, right now, right now, the insurance company wants to get you back as much or more probably more than you do because the longer you're out the more expensive it is so if i'm seeing in claims insurance carriers not able to get work done as fast as pre-pandemic it's a pretty good bet that they're not doing it for their own goodwill they're doing it because they just can't get things done like they did before it's a it's a frustration for sure but it is something that we have to contend with so Be aware that that additional living expense is an important coverage to keep your eye on and be sure that you do know what it is that you have and what it is that you want to have. And hopefully they're the same thing, right? Now, another thing you'll be looking for on a homeowner's policy deck sheet is liability coverage. Okay. Liability, liability, liability. It is the, I I keep saying everything's the most important, right? Apparently everything is the most important. Liability insurance is what's going to protect you from lawsuits, from litigation, okay? Now, I'm going to give you two general examples. Someone is at your house, your kids are in the backyard, and one of the kids gets hurt. Um, You know, the kids are playing rough. Kid, you know, why did I even come up with examples with kids? I'm getting goosebumps. I'm so upset. Let's just make it easy. Somebody slips and trips over a shovel okay, and and has to go to the hospital with a concussion, all right, happy, and they're going to sue you, they're pissed, they're like, you left the shovel on the driveway, man, I was just walking by and smash, you were negligent, so they're going to sue you, and the insurance company is going to come in, and they're going to pay, they're going to defend the case, and they're going to pay to settle it, or they're going to pay if it goes to court, they're going to pay, potentially, uh, if there was negligence proven in court, they're going to pay that, so that's a major, major important coverage to be on the lookout for. So, I don't think you can ever have too much liability insurance to tell you the truth, because you really just don't know what somebody's going to sue you for. You don't know who's going to get hurt, right? You know, if it's Joe Schmo, nobody, okay, that's one thing. If it's a brain surgeon and all of a sudden he can't do brain surgery and he used to make you know, a million bucks a year doing that, guess what? You might be in some serious hot water when it comes to how much he's going to be suing you for. So look at that liability limit. And and this I can tell you, and I really, I, I hate to generalize but I'm going to anyway. If you have less than $500,000 in liability coverage on your declaration sheet, you need to stop and say to yourself, okay, how did this happen? Because chances are you didn't ask for $300,000. It was just, Given to you. Don't even get me started if you've got less. But typically, if you have less than five, it's it's just somebody gave it to you. Either the carrier just did it because you didn't say, the broker just did it because you didn't ask, and they didn't bother to explain what that coverage was for. Just understand, most homeowners' policies, you can request up to a million dollars in liability coverage. And I know you're thinking, a million dollars? What did I posit? Million dollars for a liability um, lawsuit against you? As much as I hate to say it, it, it's it's not a big deal. It happens all the time. Now, that doesn't mean that you've done something wrong that's worth a million dollars, but keep in mind, you have litigation fees, you have attorney's fees, you have filing fees, and some policies will include those fees as part of that liability limit, and some of them have what are called Outside limits, meaning that the costs to litigate, the attorney's fees are outside of that liability and you're left with that liability. And some are called, it's a horrible expression, burning limits, which mean you've got that, let's say, half a million dollars in liability. And every time you're talking to the attorney, every time you're going through anything with this case, it's slowly whittling that down. Right. So, again, you, you really need to pay attention to the liability limit because that's a critical, critical coverage to have. I've given the example before and I'll, 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 give it again. If you have a loss to your home, they can fix your home, whether it's insurance or getting a loan from a bank, right? If you have a liability loss and there's no insurance or insufficient insurance, you could be looking at having your, your income garnished for years to come. You could be looking at potentially having to file bankruptcy. It's catastrophic. So liability, liability, liability. It's like, Real estate agents say location 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 I say liability liability liability. So pay attention to the liability coverage that you have and be sure that you have as high a limit as you can get on your homeowner's policy and potentially get what's called an umbrella policy for another show and and have additional liability on top of that, okay? It's just for sake of numbers and I'm not I don't like to quote things obviously. If you have 300,000 and you request it to be 500,000 you could be looking at 10 bucks a year, maybe 15 bucks a year. So we're not talking about, and what if you raise it up to a million, you could be looking at 20 bucks a year, right? So we're not talking about tripling your entire premium by going with these high liability limits. The truth of the matter is if you do the math, I think that the lowest type, the least expensive insurance you can buy by line item, right? Dwelling, personal property, blah, 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 is liability insurance. How do you possibly price a million dollars? Or if those limits for litigation costs are outside of the liability, who knows what that could add? That could be a million dollars all by itself, just in fees. And then it goes to court and and all of these things. So liability insurance is is, is probably one of the least expensive types of insurance you can get and probably one of the most important, right? Everyone play the drinking game on insurance hour. Every time I say the most important, All right, of course, you're just taking a shot of water, right? I I don't want to try and encourage anything, any funny business out there, all right? Well, instead of taking a drink here in front of you, let's talk about some insurance again. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk some more about what you should be looking for on your home insurance policy. Once again, I am Carl Sussman with Insurance Hour. Call anytime. Leave a voicemail if you have a question at 559-656-0317 or email questions at insurancehour.com. Back in a flash.
1: Are you feeling lost in the search for the right insurance? Making call after call, only to find no one willing to go that extra mile for you? At Sussman Insurance Agency, we understand that frustration, and we're here to change your experience. While many might shy away from jumping through hoops, at Sussman Insurance Agency, we're prepared to leap. That's not just what we do, it's who we are. Our dedicated team doesn't just offer policies, we provide solutions. Solutions born from persistence, expertise, and a genuine commitment to finding you the best coverage possible. Sussman insurance Agency, going the extra mile every time.
0: Hello, hello. Carl Sussman here, Insurance Hour. Thanks again for being here and learning about insurance and learning about what you need to know to be able to properly find the right coverage at the right price sound very sales-like, doesn't it? And it's not meant to be, right? Everybody wants to have the most coverage at the lowest price. Who doesn't? But I have to tell you, stick with the important thing first, which is the coverage, right? What, what, what's the point of paying really, 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 really low insurance rates where you're not going to get the coverage you need anyway, right? I, I mean, you might feel good. You've got a really cheap policy, and you might have no coverage, <laughs> right? Or not the type of coverage that you're looking to get, or you're, you're not the coverage you think you have. You know what? If it's too good to be true, it really is. And I'll tell you that when it comes to the insurance industry, if you come across something and you're getting prices for things, and this is a thousand dollars, $1,200, $900, and then all of a sudden you see one for $400, that should be a red flag because that just doesn't happen, right? Right. Again, insurance companies are working based on large numbers. They're working based on historical data and future predicting, and they're all going to be in a similar place. If you see something that's that out of line, you should assume, really, that you're probably not getting the same type of coverage that all of those other companies are offering. All right. Free advice for you today. So we talked about dwelling coverage. We talked about other structure. We talked about personal property. We talked about loss of use. And we talked about liability, right? We talked about those five things, those five line items that you would see on your homeowner's declaration sheet, deck sheet, and the actual coverages. So there's a couple others I want to talk about with you today. Let's talk about medical payments. Now, of course, everyone says, what do I need med pay for? I have health insurance. And please don't get me started on health insurance. It is... Don't even get me. I I say it and I literally get like goosebumps because health insurance is so complicated in in right now. I mean, I just, uh, okay, sorry. I digress. Okay. What is medical payments? First of all, if you see it on the deck sheet, you're going to see it say medical or medical payments. You'll see something like that. And then a number next to it, right? Now that number next to it is the limit that you have. Typically a policy will come with a thousand dollars, which is yay. Right? Uh, and you can bump it up to five thousand or maybe even ten thousand for literally one or two dollars. So what the heck is it when you already have health insurance? Why do you want MedPay? I'm gonna give you the answer to that question in the best possible way with a real life true story. Okay? Real life true story. My niece was a little baby. She just got married. Anyway, and she was at our house and she was in one of the rooms that were full of saltillo tiles, where if you're not familiar, it's basically rocks flattened and uh, that's your floor. And so she's running around uh, as kids do. And as it turned out, she tripped over my big foot and she chipped her tooth and uh, panic ensued. Of course, no. So she had to go to a, a special dentist, right, uh, for, for kids and, and all and all this stuff. Now, my sister is not looking to sue me, right? It's not like she's like, ah, you did this. We're good. No. But she didn't want to have to pay for this super sophisticated, you know, pediatric dentist either. So she was able to put a claim in under our medical payments policy, that provision of our policy, right? And she was able to put that claim in. It's a no fault, no questions asked type of coverage. And they pay for the dentist. Simple. Uh, it, it literally is that simple. And it's so underutilized these days back you know, back in the day. You didn't see everyone suing everyone. Liability was was sort of only happened when something really bad happened. Otherwise, if people were getting hurt, they were using MedPay because let's face it, that's really what they wanted. They want their medical bills to be paid. As time has gone by, the industry has changed. Cultures have changed and people's inclination is to sue, 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 sue immediately. Um, I, can just, I, I can just hear the hate coming in from some of you now. Anyway. It's a reality. People are more, uh, they do sue more now than they used to. So you can be angry at me for saying it, but it's true. So medical payments is just a simple, we will pay your medical bills. It's not going to pay for pain and suffering. It's not going to pay for loss of income or because you can't go to work or for any of those things. It's going to pay medical bills. It's very inexpensive. And like I said, highly underutilized, I think. All right. So that's medical payments. Another one, that you will not necessarily see on your policy in California, although in some cases you might, is earthquake insurance. Now, earthquake insurance... Let me back up one step. Earthquake coverage is typically excluded from all homeowners policies, right? It's, it's pretty clear. It says earth movement, right? Or anything even remotely similar is not covered. So if you see earthquake insurance, that means that you're with one of the few companies that offers it as an endorsement, right? Remember that that, uh, special fancy word that just means a change to the policy? So they've taken that exclusion and they've superseded it and said, okay, they've purchased earthquake insurance. Now the earthquake insurance, if it's listed on the deck sheet, is going to have usually a percentage next to it. Now, what does that mean? The percentage is your deductible, okay? It's not the deductible of how much the loss happens to be. It's a deductible based on the dwelling of your home. You follow me? So you can purchase an earthquake insurance endorsement and have it listed on your homeowner's insurance deck sheet. However, in reality, what typically happens is if you're looking to get earthquake insurance and you live in California, and again, if you live in California, you should have earthquake insurance because earthquakes, right? I mean, we have them. Most of the time, you'll purchase them separately. You'll purchase it as a standalone policy. So it's literally its own policy, its own deck sheet, and it just covers earthquake, right? And the reason for that is it used to be that earthquake insurance premiums, right? What it costs to uh, insure the peril of earthquake. This was, again, prior to the 94 earthquake. You could get an endorsement and you'd see that nice little earthquake listed on your declaration sheet. And it might cost you Twitter bucks. 300 bucks and it had a, you know, 5% deductible or something like that because it was, you know, yeah, we had earthquakes, but it wasn't something that was happening with any frequency or severity, uh, where they, there was any reason for them to the, the industry to expect there to be need more premium than that to cover for losses. Well, again, the Northridge earthquake happened and it, it, it changed that, uh, the modeling altogether. Plus let's face it, was that 30 years ago, give or take a lot better technology now. And again, because of weather pattern changes, there are impacts to things like earthquakes. So long story short, earthquake insurance is a lot more expensive than it used to be. Now, there is a law in the state of California that says, if you offer any type of property insurance, right? We talked about what that means, homeowners, renters, condo, you have to offer earthquake insurance. Well, The industry said, well, uh, we can't for that couple hundred bucks. That's for sure. So they will offer it for an amount now that tends to be very expensive because they just don't have the expertise for predicting earthquakes. So they offer it because they have to. It doesn't tend to be the most cost effective place to purchase insurance, uh, the earthquake insurance. However, insurance companies that do nothing but offer insurance for earthquake damage, These guys got it down, right? They have the predictive modeling, they have the right pricing, and they actually compete with each other for earthquake insurance policies. So if you have earthquake insurance listed on your declaration sheet, yes, you theoretically should have earthquake coverage. Again, be sure that it it doesn't say after earthquake, you know, excluded. I've seen that happen sometimes on a deck sheet. It'll say earthquake and then somebody goes, oh, yay, I have it. But they didn't follow the line across where it says, you know, EXL, (laughs) that it's excluded. So uh, pay attention, right? Again, read, don't assume. If you're looking to get earthquake insurance, it's typically better to go with a company that just offers earthquake insurance versus to try and get it as an add-on to your actual homeowner's insurance policy. That's just the way it works. Uh, And again, I've given you some basic reasons why. Uh, In general, um, there are probably about six carriers that I could think of in the state of California that do offer good earthquake insurance policies. Again, same thing. If you get a quote from three or four or five and they're all priced around here and then all of a sudden you find one that's way down here, maybe not the right company to go with, right? Check their solvency, check their financial rating, check to see if they're legit before you just run with them. If it's too good to be true with insurance, it is right. If it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. And that really is the truth. And the sad truth is, if you can believe it, we are just about done for today. I know, hard to imagine, but the time flies by when you're talking about insurance. At least it does for me. So we talked about homeowner's insurance today. We talked about the declaration sheet, the deck sheet. We talked a lot about endorsements and what that means. We talked about what to look for, what to be aware of. If you've missed any elements of this show Feel free to subscribe to the podcast. You'll find it all over on uh, Apple Podcasts, on uh, TuneIn Radio, iHeart Radio. You'll find a video version if you really want to see me on YouTube as well. But this is important stuff. There, I said it again. So make sure you get out there and educate yourself so you know what you have. I do want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen today. I know insurance is not necessarily the most sexy concept. It's not the most exciting thing in the world. It is important that you understand what it is you're getting, what you should be looking for, red flags, you name it. You just need to know more than you used to. Things are more complicated than they used to be. If you have any questions, please reach out to me directly. You can email your questions to questions at insurancehour.com or call and leave a voicemail at 559 656 one seven. Educating and entertaining Californians one insurance policy at a time. This is insurance hour. The show is dedicated to Shamrock Papa.